Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to The Review Show. It's a show that just wants a left-back, any left-back. Alex Kolarov coming out of retirement would do at this point. On today's part, we're looking back at an eventful FA Cup weekend where giant killings were dashed at the death and Liverpool lost despite having VAR in their back pocket. We'll also be running the rule over the fifth round draw. To discuss all this and more, I'm joined as ever by my cup compadre, Tom Young. <laughs> Tom, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. The cup compadre is back, yeah, and uh, <laughs> set you still in the competition, so everything, everything's looking uh, looking dandy at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll get to it later, but Bristol City's a favourable draw, and um, not a bad trip down there as well. I haven't done the way for ages, and I saw that draw, and the first thing I thought was I'd love to, love to do that. I'd love to go to Bristol, but... Whether it's possible or not, we'll see. Um, yeah, I uh, I went I went down there when we had him in the semi final. Well, I say I went down there. I was in I was in uni at Cardiff at the, right at Cardiff in uni at the time. We had him in the Carabao Cup semi final in 2018, and yeah. I went over for that. And the atmosphere was quality. It was a proper old fashioned football ground. Proper yes, proper yeah. ju- just off the uh, the side of the seven. It's a na- nice little place to go down and watch some football. So. Um, yeah, it's one that if you're a City fan listening and it's a feasible trip for you to do to get down there and, and go and watch the game, it's it's one that I'd, that I'd highly recommend. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, if it's something I can do myself, I uh, I might try and try and get another trip down there myself. Yeah, well, I put on WhatsApp uh, about if, if if City didn't exist, I, I could see myself as a Bristol City fan. Um, probably because it's got City in the name. I don't know, yeah, but yeah. That, I think when I used to collect, they, they, I'm old. This is how old I am. This is how incredibly old I am. The last time they were in the top flight, I was young enough. I must have been four or five to be, you know, like collecting the Panini stickers. Yeah. And so, what some of my first stickers were um, Bristol City. I remember the, you know, the, the aluminium badge and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of liked as a bit of a penchant for uh, Bristol City. Uh, if City didn't exist, who would you support? Oh, I'd, pro- I'd as much as I shouldn't say it. Probably based on the fact my mum's side of the family are all Reds, I probably yeah. would have ended up being a United fan. So my dad's side of the family were all big Blues. My mum's side of the family all big Reds. Apart from my mum, who was brought up a red and then changed to City because she didn't like Sir Alex Ferguson when he came in. Amazing. She, uh, she switched over to City the year Fergie became United's manager. She was 16 or 17 at the time. Um, so my mum, my dad and all my dad's family are blues. And then obviously my mum's family, like I say, are all big Stratford Enders at Old Trafford. So if it were, if City weren't there, I imagine I would have been brought up a red. And um, my brother was, my older brother, my granddad, my, my mum's dad got him by the collar and was like, you're coming to Old Trafford with me. So then... <laughs> Me born as a second child, my uh, my dad was like, "Well, he's a red, so he's a blue." So I got quite fortunate on that front. At the t- oh yeah, I, it, it was one of them growing up. It was like, "This is so unfair." They win everything. They beat us every time we play them. Why did I have to be a City fan? But um, but I ended up with a last laugh. So yeah, I think United. As much as it pains me to think of the idea of being a United fan, probably would have been my team if, if it weren't for City. I mean, I've said on the pod before, my first kit was Crystal Palace kit. My dad bought off a, a market and, I, you know, I loved that. It was that sash kit, you know, and I loved it. So I think very much I would have been a Crystal Palace fan. Um, but, you know, God, going down to London to watch a home game. That's yeah. But, that's, a, that's a journey United fans have come into. <laughs> yeah, true. You've got to admire my dedication at, at least. Um, but, yeah, there are certain clubs that I've always liked. I mean, consistently, QPR... Sheffield Wednesday, 
and Bristol City. So I was, I was really glad of this draw. I'm looking forward to it. But um, before we get to that, though, um, the game that took us there, which was against Arsenal, it feels like an eternity ago now. It's been a long working week so far. Um, from what you remember of it, because I'm going back a bit, <laughs> were you surprised at the weekend lineup from Arteta? I mean, he had eight days rest before the next game. Um, I I was slightly surprised at how weak it was. Um, I'm not, in, but then in my head I thought of it and I was like, for Arsenal, knowing they've got the FA Cup and Europa League as the two, so sorry, the Premier League Europa League as their two main objectives this year. I don't know if it's quite a sensible move from Arteta going weak, getting beat, and not got because if he went out strongest eleven, we went out strongest eleven, and we battered him. That gives them that seed of doubt going into the league yes, games. At least yeah. the squad, their squad now has that mentality of, well, we only played our second string side. It doesn't really, there's not much to take from it. And it keeps the ball in their court. Whereas, like I say, obviously we weren't much stronger. We weren't fantastic. We were better in that second half, I thought, than we were in the first 45. But I, I think for Arsenal, it was quite a clever a clever ploy to, to go weaker. And then the game didn't have as much of a, an impact further down the line as potentially it may have done if they'd uh, if they'd have gone full strength and would have beaten them uh, like for like. Yeah, I'm just looking at their lineup now. It's quite a clever move by Arteta, really, because it's still a strong lineup, isn't it? It's still a strong team. They could well, they very nearly did get a result. They played really well, I thought. Um, they really impressed me. But you've got your big names in there. You've got Partey, you've got um, Saka and Ketty up front because they don't have any other choice right now. He's the only striker essentially. Um, Gabriel, so the spine of a team is strong, uh, Shaka really got in there as well, um, but yeah there was what, four or five changes made I, th- I think it was quite a shrewd move by him, um, and also it gives him game time as well, so there's a lot of positives to be taken, and I think overall as well obviously going out of the FA Cup is always annoying, but if you were an Arsenal fan you would have watched that game and you'd be quite encouraged really, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you'd have thought so particularly that first half, and like I say I thought they they gave as good as they got in that first forty-five. Maybe, maybe they were unfortunate not to not to score earlier on. I thought Trossard looked encouraging. He had yes. he had little flashes of. I mean, we know what he can do in the Premier League. We've seen with with Brighton what he's capable of. I mean, he's got a, he's got a hatch at Anfield not too long ago. So we know he's he's a player who can go to these sort of bigger sides and, and put in a performance. But he, he seems to have taken to Arteta and Arsenal's game plan and philosophy quicker than maybe maybe some thought he might have done, but. Yeah, it, I mean, it, like you say, it was a largely uneventful game. There wasn't an awful lot going on. It wasn't a game, it was expected or maybe touted as being this, the two best teams in England going head-to-head. It's going to be goals, it's going to be action. There wasn't that. Um, but like I say, for, for Arsenal, I think they'll, they'll take positives from it, albeit in defeat. And, and for City, it's it keeps us in a competition that we now have a very good chance of going on and, and getting certainly to your, your latter stages, if not winning. So yeah, it's I mean, a, a win-win. We've got a chance now of getting to another semi-final before Pep um, overthinks things and then rests eight <laughs> players, so he does every season. Not to hold a grudge about that. I really do hold a grudge against that. It really pisses me off yeah, every season yeah. without fail. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go strong against Arsenal in, in the fourth round, then you've got to commit to the tournament in the semi-final yeah. stage, but that's just me. Um, as you said, it was quite an uneventful game. Um, was that because of the managers and the tactics they deployed it felt very much like it was a game that was both teams were cancelling the other out. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, but then you look at when we went to the Emirates last year on New Year's Day and it was the most bonkers game of end-to-end <laughs> everything going on. So it can happen that you, these two, despite being so similar in philosophy, they can still provide these entertaining classics. I just think it was a very cagey game. It was, it just... I don't know if it was, I mean, it's not because it was a Friday night, but the fact it was a Friday night just felt wrong. I just couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't yeah. get my head around the fact we're playing on a Friday night. Yeah, it, it was It was a game where I think both sides, again, as much as we want everyone to go all out and put 100% in for the FA Cup because it's the best cup competition in the world and always will be, our domestic cup competition um, anyway, It's these sides are aware that, it's not the main objectives this season. It's not. If that was the Premier League on Friday night, oh, I yeah. think we'd have seen a much higher intensity, much more sort of all guns blazing approach from both managers. And I think both managers were aware, yes, we want to win this game. It's a good opportunity to win another trophy. But in reality, City's main objectives this year are to retain the Premier League, to win the Champions League. And for, for Arsenal, it's, it's to win the Premier League and it's to get as far as you can in the Europa League. So, yeah, it was that maybe acute awareness of the fact that that this isn't the main objective we want to win but let's not shoot ourselves in the foot in uh in getting there yeah i think i really want arsenal to do well in the europa league i think that will really hinder their league chances yeah so do i so do i <laughs> um kind of moving away from the game but you know a big development since is cancelo going to bayern um finalized today on loan um what have you made of that it was all very, very fast, very quick and very out of the... I say out of the blue. It was it was out of the blue in the way it came about, but I don't think there was many people who were overly surprised by the news when it came out. It was literally less than 24 hours, sort of less than, less than a couple of hours between Arnstein initially saying, look, Cancelo was in talks with Bayern Munich to, to it kind of being a done thing and waiting for official confirmation. But, um, yeah, personally... I, I mean, I kind of, I said on Twitter yesterday that we've seen from Cancelo, we know how good Cancelo is. We know that for spells last year, he was the best fullback in the world. He's also been incredibly inconsistent during his time at City. I think that first season, which you give them that twelve-month grace period, but yeah. he was he was disastrous. He was really bad. He then he then found his feet a bit, but we've seen this season we've we've looked a better side without him than we have with him. Um, and yeah, I, as much as it's the area of the squad that we that we lack depth in the most, it's probably our most vulnerable area of, of the squad, even with Cancelo there. To lose him two days before the transfer window ends is not ideal. Obviously, it doesn't look, barring any big change, I presume this will go out tomorrow. So you guys listening will know whether or not we have signed a left back. At the, at the minute, at the time of recording, there's no indication that we're gonna sign a left back. No. It looks like we're gonna continue with with uh, Ake and then Gomez and potentially Laporte as well, offering cover on that left hand side. And who knows with Pep, maybe Phil Foden. I don't know. Erlen Haaland might have a stint there as well. You just can't rule <laughs> anything out. But um, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not a scenario that that we would have wanted. But I'd much sooner Cancelo go and remove that negativity, that sort of toxic atmosphere from the dressing room because I've always said one of the main things about City, why we're so successful, is that we've got this squad that is everyone is happy at the club, everyone wants to be there playing for the shirt and Pep Guardiola's had this same philosophy and belief since he's been a manager that if you're not buying into the philosophy, if you don't want to be at the club, then no one's 
irreplaceable. No one's indispensable. If you don't want to be there, then see you later. And from what I gather, from what we've heard, from what's happened, that is exactly what has happened. Cancelo said, you're not going to pick me. I don't want to be here. And Pep said, right, on your bike then. So, yeah, it's not an ideal scenario. I'd sooner we had Cancelo, a happy Cancelo at the club, but I'd rather an unhappy Cancelo leaves the club than an unhappy Cancelo stays. I mean, what does sweeten the, the, the pill somewhat is the fact that he's been absolutely shite this season, as you say. Um, you know, if it was Cancelo of last season, I'd be absolutely yeah. gutted. But yeah. we haven't, we've seen glimpses and only glimpses uh, this season. And, and in some games, he's been all but anon- anonymous. In other games, he's been absolutely piss poor and, and his head's been all over the place. So, yeah, um, it's more the kind of the gap that he leaves behind that's a concern for me. Uh, as you say, we've got Ake. Ake is just coming on so strong at the moment. Yeah. Playing so well. Um, I'm loving it because I remember doing a pod about, it must have been 12 months ago, and we were talking about Ake, and I said, he is the player, the one player I really want to succeed at City. I think he's got it, you know, and I just want him to show it. And he's, boy, is he showing it right now. Um, it's fair to say, Nathan Ake is one of our most important players right now. Do you think? Oh, 100%. And I, I said... I said on, on social media after the game on Friday, I think he may be the most underrated player of this Pep era at City. I think he had a, he had a difficult first 12 months in that he didn't play very often. And when he did, he didn't look particularly convincing. We well, spent he, a he played with Mendy a lot of times as well, yeah, didn't he? And so, that, that, yeah. He's, yeah, that didn't help the situation that he couldn't defend for Toffee. So yeah. he was doing two man's job defensively. And, and yeah, and... It looked like you spent forty five million quid on this guy who's never gonna start for your club and now he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet week in, week out. He's again he just seems like such a genuinely nice bloke as well that you just want him to do well just yeah. from the way he comes across, the way he speaks, the way he's just sort of just how happy he looks as a person in general. He always when you watch him play, he looks like he loves playing for this club, he looks like he loves being there. And yeah, he's a player that, that has been probably top top five top three certainly top five sort of city performance this season on a consistency level and his sort of turnaround in form his sort of performances this season means that if this time last year you'd said Cancelo's leaving and you're left with just Ake to play left back I think I'd have been terrified at that prospect mm. whereas I think I saw what's it I'm not sure if it was yourself who tweeted it or someone else but I definitely seen on Twitter yesterday someone said that if Cancelo was ruled out for the season with a season-ending yeah, injury, yeah. was it was it you? Yeah, saying that you wouldn't rule out City's chances of winning trophies if Cancelo was to now be ruled out with an injury for the rest of the year. And I, I thought that was a perfect way of describing it. We, if that was to be the case, we've lost Cancelo for the rest of the season. Yes, but we're not by by any stretch of the imagination out of the title race or out of out of the, the out of the uh, the FA Cup race or out of a chance of winning the Champions League. So. Yeah, Ake has been fantastic and long may it continue, hopefully. I still just wish we'd sign a bloody left-back, though. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. some point, for God's sake, Pep, it's like Robinson at Fulham, apparently we're interested in him. That's not going to go ahead tonight. I mean, it, you know, unless it's all going on behind the scenes, it's very close to being finalised, but we're not hearing anything on that. So maybe in the summer, um, but he looks a business as well, so he'd be a great shout. But And there's a few obviously knocking around, but please, City, sign a left-back, just once and for all, <laughs> sign a decent left-back, stop bringing players back, or you know, there's always some kind of compromise, just sign a specialist left-back. Well, yeah, that's a, someone put on Twitter, which was made me laugh. Can you have a left back problem if you don't have any left backs? Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's kind of the position we're now in. We're we're running out of 
I think Sergio Gomez is now our only and, and left really, back let's be by honest. trade as a left back. Yes. He's not even that much of a left back himself. No, he's more no. he's more of a wing back. We don't have an out and out you are a left back, that is your sole role in this squad. We don't have that at a senior level. And that's terrifying to think that that's the situation that we're in, but that is quite literally the situation that we're in right now. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.